If you have your Bibles, I want let's jump into this thing. I want to preach this word. We've got communion. We're going to participate in, in Holy Communion and just tie this week together. And uh, I'm just glad that you're here. Turn to the book of Luke. It's going to be the gospel according to Luke, the 19th chapter, the 19th chapter. And uh, I'm going to jump into this thing and uh, just preach a word over you today. And uh, I believe God's going to encourage someone today. This this sermon is a triumphant sermon. Uh, it's a sermon of, in, of encouragement. It's a sermon to remember what God has done for you. Can anybody testify that God has done something for you? Now, I, I need some honest people that can say, I can testify what God has done for me. I, I don't care if you've been saved for for 30 years or for 30 minutes, you can testify that God has done something for you. And so this sermon today, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer. It's, it's going to require you to put yourself into the story. It's going to be one of those that I need you just to kind of go back with me to that Palm Sunday and, uh, and begin to just kind of put yourself into the story because I'm going to talk to you today on a sermon entitled, I'm one of the crowd. I'm one of the crowd. Can you just raise your hands about halfway and let's pray over this word today. Father, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity to be in your presence. God, you know how we do this. I can't do this without you. And God, I pray for just the next few moments that you will speak a word to us, including me. God, I've got notes, but I understand your spirit can start working and speaking. And, and Father, I'll be honest, that is way better than my notes. So God, Holy Spirit, do what you do. Encourage your people today. And we thank you that you will be lifted up on this day. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, just nudge your neighbor and say, hey, I'm one of the crowd. I'm one of the crowd. <clears throat> Come on, put, turn to the person that was your second choice and they look a little offended with you. Say, I'm one of the crowd. I'm, I'm one of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's them. That's them. Y'all trying to make it right. You're trying to reconcile right now. I see it. I see it. Today's Palm Sunday, as we mentioned, it's this historical event that, that shapes our Christian faith. And, and we're entering into what is called Holy Week. And it's the week that connects Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus is about five days from the cross and about seven days from the resurrection from the grave. And, and we know at Palm Sunday because Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on the back of a, of a, of a donkey and he's fulfilling the prophecy that the Old Testament prophet Zechariah spoke about and he said that Yet behold, your king is coming to you. And he says, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on the fowl of a, of a donkey. And, and the crowd is, is lining the streets and they're, they're waving palm branches. And uh, it's what we would call a Jesus parade. And, and he's the main event. It's this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And so significant is this Palm Sunday story that it's recorded in all four of the Gospels. You find it in the Gospel according to Matthew, to Mark, 
the gospel according to Luke and the gospel according to John. And if you've ever taken time to read, you'll find different takes from these different gospels. And if you look at Matthew, you see that they found a donkey that the Bible says was tied there waiting on Jesus. And it talks about that this event was indeed the fulfillment of the prophet Zechariah. And it, and it says that the crowd gathered and they cut branches and they laid them on the road. If you go down uh, to the next gospel of Mark, it, it doesn't mention the fulfillment of prophecy, but it tells more about the donkey. It tells more about what happened when the donkey was tied there. It says, go to the village and you will find a donkey that's tied to a doorway. And if anyone asks, tell them that the Lord needs it and he will send it back. I'm grateful that he not only borrowed a donkey, but he also borrowed a tomb. How many knows that Jesus is in the borrowing business? And, uh, and he says, I'll send it back because I ain't going to need it for long. And it also tells that the crowd, they cut branches and they laid them on the road. And if you jump to, to the gospel according to John, it tells the story a little bit differently. They found the donkey tied there. And it, it does talk about the fulfillment of prophecy. But, but John tells more specifics concerning these branches. In fact, he names the branches and he calls them palm branches and and it says that they took the branches with them to meet him so they came maybe they took them off the tree and then they went and they they met him and and so we know if you look at at this day they call it palm sunday because of obviously the connection with the palm branches but if you look and you talk if you do some research on what it actually means the palm trees symbolize two things peace and victory peace and victory that's what the palm branch represents it wasn't just something that they decided just to tear off the tree and begin to wave him but it was a it was a testament of peace and victory the one that was riding on the back of that donkey down this Jesus parade was one that was representing peace and victory because he truly is the prince of and he holds all in his hand. So there was a there was a correlation to these palm branches. But if you even look even in the Old Testament, just giving you a little bit of a backstory here before we get into this, into the book of Judges, you find this female judge named Deborah. And she was a righteous leader and she was a judge of the children of Israel. In fact, it says that she would then do her work, she would do her judging under the palm of Deborah. She would meet under the palm tree and that's where she would do her work and she would do her encouragement and and then we also look in the book of revelation all the way to the end of the bible the apostle john he writes about palm branches and he and he talks about he says after this i looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in 
white robes with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So we know there's something significant about the palm branches that we hold today. So Matthew gives us this glance and Mark gives us a similar glance. And then John leans in a little bit about the palm branches. But what about the gospel according to Luke? I wanted to spend a little time on that today because if we read in Luke 19, verse 37, and I'm just going to read one verse to you. It says this, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. I thought that was very, very interesting because it gave me an indication that there was different crowds that were gathered there that day. Because Matthew, Mark, and John gives us a feel that it's a Jesus parade. But if you look at the gospel according to Luke, if you lean in, it looks more like a church testimony service. That there was somebody there was saying, listen, I'm waving my palm branch because not just because it's the parade and what you do at a parade, but I've walked with this man. I've seen his miracles. I've, I've seen what's happened before we got to this place. I, and I believe that there were people that were in the crowd that day that not only was hearing about Jesus, but they saw firsthand what Jesus had done. They saw firsthand what Jesus had done. So they were waving their palm branches because there's two crowds, I believe, that were there that day. The ones that met Jesus there that just attended the event. But then there were the ones that followed Jesus there. They just followed the man. One crowd came with palm branches to see peace and victory, but the others followed Jesus with peace. And victory, a crowd that said, I don't, I don't need to, a branch to wave to tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Basically, they were saying, listen, I, had, I know this man. I, I've, I've experienced firsthand this man. And I wonder if I could just challenge you today with this question. Am I just one that attends to see Jesus on Sundays or am I someone that follows him every day? I mean, do I just need to show up with the church thingy, the church in knees, and just show up with my, my palm branch on Sundays and say, I love him, I love him, but you never have a conversation with him until you're here next week. It, you just show up for the event. Can I tell you, church has never been meant to be an event for us. But church is an opportunity for us to celebrate what God has done for us all week long. Is there anybody that you can just take account of what God has done for you all week long? Can I stop and just encourage you? If he woke you up this morning and you were able to go, he's done something for you today. If he started you on your way, even if you have a little bit of a limp, if you could walk him in this place, I, I encourage you just to walk with a limp and say, Jesus, you have been good to me. Woo! You've been so good to me. So I don't, I don't treat Sundays like an event anymore. It's just an overflow that God has been good to me. To me. So I believe there were two crowds that gathered that day. 
ones just to see what was going on that just said, okay, what are we going to do? Take this branch and just wave it. Just take this branch and wave it. And there was another crowd that just said, eh, I don't even need a branch because I've seen him. I've seen him in his best work. I've seen him when he's turned lives around. I've seen him when he's picked up mud and put them on blinded eyes and they see. I've seen firsthand what Jesus has done. He was, it was the two crowds. And, and either way, I'm one of the crowd. I'm one of the crowd today. I wonder who was in that crowd today. If you'll just kind of go with me, let's just think a little creative today. I, I wonder if it could have been the woman with the issue of blood that was in the crowd today. I bet she was there with a little bit of peace and a little bit of victory that day. You know, her story, she had this uncontrollable blood flow, blood disorder for, for 12 years. And not only did it affect her body, but it affected her reputation. And she was known as being unclean. And, and anybody that saw her, she was known for her reputation as the unclean woman. And so she finds herself, and you know the story. You could preach this story. And it says it's one thing to have an issue, though. But it's a whole other thing when you have everyone that talks about your issue. Has anybody ever been in a place where you've been down and you hear that somebody been talking about you when you're down? There's nothing that will make you want to... punch somebody in their big old throat than when somebody is talking about your issue when you don't even want the issue. When you're trying to get past the issue and somebody's over here talking about your issue. And this woman that was in that day when Jesus was walking down the road, because you know, Jesus did his best work in crowds anyway. So he was walking down the road one day and she was down low. And the reason why she was down low is not a sign of humility. It's so she wouldn't be seen and people would be pointing out about her issue anymore, her reputation to be reminded. So she thought, I'm going to be a little bit tricky today. I'm not even going to let them see me. I've walked through this, this town before and they talked talking about me and giving me those weird looks and rolling their eyes and, and doing all that, shaking their head, you know, you know what your ladies do sometimes. Let's tell the truth. And just rolling their eyes and just, you know, but I'm going to just take another approach. I'm just going to get down low. I'm going to get down low so they can't see me with my issue. But I just know Jesus is coming today and I'm going to keep pushing through and I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm going to press through the crowd and I'm going to find him. And if I can just touch the hem of his if I can just get a little bit of Jesus, I know that he'll turn my issue around. Not only will he fix the, the blood issue, but he will fix the reputation issue. And I'll be able to put my shoulders back once again and walk down this road like I belong here. Walk with confidence of knowing because, listen, I'm not going to be defined by my issues anymore. I bet that woman was in the crowd. I wasn't there that day, but I know that I could put myself in her place and I can say I'm one of that crowd because there's times in my life I've had my issues. There's times in your life you've had your issues where it seemed like that shame and bitterness and all these stuff tried to keep you down and keep you walking into church with your head down because you know what you did this week. I get it. I know what I've done this week. I get it. But you know what? We can walk in with confidence that if I can just touch 
the hem of his garment, I realize that my issues can be turned around on this day and I don't have to be defined by my issues anymore. Is there anybody that can testify and say, listen, I'm one of that crowd. I'm one of that crowd because listen, be truthful. You have been saved your whole life. You've had some issues in your life, but you're standing here today as a testimony that says, I'm one of that crowd. I've had my issues. But I ain't defined by my issues. I don't have to drop my head in shame anymore. I can look up because I know who the one who's changed my life, who's turned my situation around. I can look up and I can smile for real. I don't even have to fake my smile. I can smile for real because I know what the Lord has done for me. Woo! I'm one of that crowd. Yeah, I'm one of that crowd. I'm one of that crowd, that woman with the issue of blood. She had her issues. And let me tell you, don't let your issues stop you today. You just need to wave your palm of peace and victory because victory can be yours in this place today. I wonder who else was in that crowd. I think of a, a blind man named Bartimaeus. I wonder if he was there waving his palm of peace and victory. Y'all, you know the story. You can preach the story. Oh, begging blind Bartimaeus, showing up at the same place every day, just trying to get a handout because he couldn't see. But he realized at some point, I'm tired of living in this situation. And I'm tired of sitting in this place, throwing out my blanket, hoping some people would throw some coins on my blanket so I can make my daily wage right here begging. He realized that one day, he goes, you know what? I think my begging days are over. I think my begging days are over. And something began to stir in him that says, listen, I'm not going to be known as a beggar for the rest of my life, but I still have a problem. I'm blind. And so I believe that he realized that that particular day, he said, but he hears this, this rustling in the city, and he's wondering, he's asking, who's here? What's going on? He says, well, I don't know if you heard, but Jesus is here. And he goes, Jesus is here? And he realized in that moment, here's my moment. I've got to make sure that I press in at the right time because, listen, I'm not going to be known for my blindness anymore. And he began to cry out to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He began to shout and he says, listen, I'm going to build some expectation inside of me. And here's the thing that I want to tell you, that if you are going through something that feels like it's got you blind, let me tell you the thing that's going to begin to release that blind place in your life is you've got to begin to shout a shout of expectation. If you can't be, if you cannot shout before your miracle, you will never see your miracle. You've got to realize that expectation causes your spiritual ears to hear your breakthrough coming before your breakthrough even gets to you. You've got to make up your mind that expectation is going to be the very thing that's going to get me into my miracle. And you think, well, what does that look like for me? I'm, I'm blind. I got some stuff. I've got some issues, and I don't really know what to do. Is you've got to learn, and I've got to learn that I'm, we need to learn how to stand in the middle of our mess, in the middle of the situation, 
in the middle of the late bills, in the middle of the, I'm believing God for this, and I have been believing God for this, in the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of your pain, and you got to be able to plant your feet, and you got to be able to call out, Son of David, Jesus, I lift up a shout right here in the middle of my mess. Because I believe that you're going to come by my way. I'm expecting a miracle today. I'm expecting a miracle today. You can't allow silence to be your enemy. Because here's the thing. If you can't get a miracle in your mouth, you'll never see it happen. Miracles always start in our mouth first. If we can't say it, we'll never see it. So you got to say crazy stuff in your worst part of your life. You've got to begin to say stuff because, listen, Jesus will come by you and keep going by if you can't get his attention in your blind state. you got to be able to call out to Jesus because it is going to be the thing. Don't allow your silence to stop you. You've got to wave your palm of peace and victory. You may be robbed from peace because of the circumstance you're in, but you can't allow that circumstance to silence you. Say something. Say something. Even if you don't have anything clever to say, say something. Say, oh God, whatever you got to say. If you got to say, Jesus, help me. If you got to turn your, your saying into a song, sing something. No weapon formed against me. Whatever you got to do shall prosper. It won't work. You got to do whatever you got to do. You can't stay silent anymore. I bet blind Bartimaeus was right there in that crowd waving his palm and seeing everybody like, "Woo! y'all looking good today. Because he decided I'm no longer going to sit here and stay silent. And he began to shout. Is this helping anybody today? From a blind man to a crippled man. What about the man that was crippled for 38 years? We don't know his name, but I bet he was there by chance. He was waving his palm of peace and victory. His journey started as a crippled man laying by a pool called Bethesda. And this pool was a healing pool of sorts. That when, you, when the water was troubled, the word says, if you got into the pool, you would be healed. And so people, sick people, lame people, blind people, people that were sick would just hang out around this pool. And anytime the water would begin to move, they would try to rush into the pool to get their healing. No one really knew if it worked. But it was enough to keep people hoping and believing. The only problem with this man is he was crippled. So when the water began to stir when you're crippled you ain't getting there quick so he never could get to the pool so he laid there every day waiting for somebody to help him get to the pool by the time he'd get there he would crawl hoping and believing and by the time he'd get there there was too many people in the pool or the water had had, had went still again and so he would drag himself back and sit on his mat did it every day hopelessness, just living in a place where there was no hope, living in a place where there was no turnaround, just going through the motions every day. 
Is there anybody here that just feels like you're just going through the motions every day? Just feeling, hoping and believing, hoping and believing. And if I could just get this to happen, if I could just get this dot to connect to this dot to connect to this dot, all this would turn around for me. And you just live one month to another year to another year, just hoping and believing like this man laying lame by the pool of Bethesda. But the story goes that Jesus shows up and asks him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And it's amazing to me this story, how he responds. Jesus walks up and he asks him seven words. Do you want to be made well? Seven words. He goes into this long dialogue, says, well, if I just had some people to come pick me up and, and help me get there, I mean, I, and, and I'm sure Jesus is like, he don't even realize who I am. And all he's given me is a bunch of lame excuses. Excuses. How many people, ha have you ever been in a place, I wonder, I ain't gonna, I'll just tell, I'll just put me in here. I wonder how many miracles I have forfeited because of my excuses. Because of my excuses. And Jesus said seven words. Do you want to be made well? He had all these excuses. He has all these excuses. And then he asks him, again, seven more words. After he goes through his whole line of excuses, he asks him seven more words. He says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. The man ain't walked in at least 38 years, so he... He stands up, probably his legs are about this big, and he stands up, and they're probably shaking, and he begins to take one step, and he begins to take another step, and the strength returned back to his body, and he began, and it was all because he decided what Jesus decided for him. I ain't listening to his excuses anymore, because it's excuses that have kept him believing and hoping forever. But I'm telling you, Kelly James is not going to live his life with excuses. I'm going to live, and when Jesus comes and speaks seven words to me, I'm going to get up as quick as I possibly can. And you've got to find out your key words, your seven words that will help you get out of the excuse season of your life. I'll help you with seven words. Here's one. I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and I'm not beneath. I messed that up. I can do all things through Christ. The Lord is my strength and shield. Seven words can turn you around from your excuses. All you've got to do is realize that I've just got to have the right words to dial up. Because Jesus is speaking the words into our hearts. Jesus is speaking the words into our spirit. We just got to begin to say, I refuse to listen to the excuses anymore. And I'm going to stand up because I'm going to be everything that God has called me to be. And I believe this man was standing up and he was waving his palm of peace and victory. And he says, listen, I remember when I was stuck in my excuses. Yeah, I was crippled. But really what had me more crippled was excuses that I developed in my mind. And I stand here today as Jesus at this Jesus parade. And he's, he's going down the street in that donkey. And I believe he's waving his palm branch and said, listen, I'm standing. 
standing up because I finally decided not to use excuses anymore. I know this one hurt. I probably should have done that one first so we could shout this message out. But I wonder if there's anybody that could put your palm branch up right now and say, listen, no more excuses for me. No more excuses for me. I, I, I refuse to be defined by my excuses. Don't allow and let your excuses stop you. Wave your palm of peace and victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak to yourself words of peace and victory to every family home that you've been dealing with this unrest. I wave a palm of peace over your home. For those that feel like that it's just one shut door after another short shut door, I speak and I wave the palm of victory over your life and over your home. And you got to do it for yourself. You keep waving the palm of peace and victory over your life. Don't let your issues stop you. Don't let your silence stop you. Don't let your excuses stop you. I'm sure there were more there. I won't get into all of them. Maybe a little boy that remembers when they come and got his lunch, took his lunch from him, said, hey, we need to buy your lunch. Well, my, my fish and bread. And he says, no, you don't understand. I'm sure that boy was waving his palm of peace and victory. He says, I saw what he did with my lunch. I saw how he fed 5,000 men, not including wives and children. I saw what he did. I, I, bet, I bet Zacchaeus was there with his little short self. He says, I remember when he stopped and he called me down from that tree. He says, listen, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to spend the day with you at your house. I bet Zacchaeus was there and he was waving his little palm with his little hand and his little victory. I bet, I bet he was waving. I bet there was a, I bet there was a man that was, that was crippled that was, was dropped down from the roof. That remembered these four guys that, that roped him down and says right in the middle of a, of a Jesus revival. And it says, listen, my, my brother needs to be healed today. And so not only was he healed, but he also was saved. How many knows that Jesus does a one-two punch? I bet, I bet Jairus' daughter was there where she laid dead. And Jesus comes in and speaks life back into her. I bet she had a big smile on her face as I was dead. And they're like, yeah, I was dead in sin too. No, you don't understand. I was literally dead. And I wave my palm of peace and victory. I'm closing today. All four gospels did have this in common. Had this in common. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Mark, the 11th chapter, Luke, the 19th chapter, and John, the 12th chapter, says this. They began to cry out. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to know my last wave for the day, possibly. Is there anybody here that you can put up your little fake palm tree and you can wave it because you're grateful for God who comes? And he comes. Whew. When I feel like I'm by myself, he comes. When I feel lonely, whew, he still comes. When I'm sick in my body, he comes. 
And when I feel like I have no more hope left inside, I'm grateful for Jesus who comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I know he was coming to go to make his way to the cross, but I'm just going to put it back in 2023 for a moment for me. I'm just glad that he always comes when I call him. He's never late. He's always there. He's always there never to leave me behind. He always comes. Just lift up your hand right there and just say, God, I want to say thank you. Thank you that you come. Thank you. This day represents that you are a faithful God, full of peace and full of victory. I can walk in victory in 2023 because you decided to, to, to ride the back of a donkey down a road and allow people to call, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I want to worship right now. I want to lift my voice and say thank you, Lord. I want to say thank you, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet for just a moment. Just lift up your voice and worship him. Just open up your mouth and give him all the glory. Give him all the praise because he's worthy. We worship you, we give you glory. Worship you, we give you praise. Oh, we give you all the glory. just about two minutes. Lift your hands. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are need. Lift up your voice and say
I'm just going to do this as a, um, we're going to take communion in just a moment, but I just feel like we just need to just have an altar call for a moment. So if you will, just honor this moment. We've still got time. Um, and just stay with us for a moment because we're going to just connect this day to about two days later when Jesus is meeting with the disciples. We're going to talk about communion and partake of that together. But if you're here today and you have been robbed of peace and victory, or maybe you're here today and you've been on the wrong side of the crowd, you know, just just like the Jesus parade, just like the Jesus parade, but, but yet you, you only follow him when you need him. And I understand that we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all had those, well, it's like, I, I love you, but, but I just need to just keep you here. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll, keep, I'll keep my peace and victory branch just, just, you know, just to wave you like, hey, I'm over here. I got issues. Come help. I, I get it. We've all done it. But can I tell you there's more to a Christian life than that? You don't have to do the slot machine, Jesus. You can actually have everything in your life because of a consistent relationship with the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, guess what? Jesus is riding down the road for you today. And I want to encourage you that you can be saved in this place. And maybe you've just fallen away. Maybe you've just fallen away. Maybe you've just what they call backslide. Maybe you've just kind of gotten out of this and you're just kind of like in the middle somewhere. I get it. We've all done it. But today is your day to really get uh, peace and victory back in your life to get peace and victory back in your world. Because listen, you don't have to live your life with the lacking of victory and the lacking of peace. Peace can be yours today. Every head bowed. If that's you, say, I need Jesus. Simple. I need Jesus. Raise your hand. Raise your hand across this room. I see your hand. I see hands. I see your hand. I see your hand. In all the sections, I see your hand. Maybe at home, I see your hand. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to come down. Let me tell you what's going to happen. When you come down to the altar, it's not to embarrass you. It's just so I can pray with you. But when you come down, you're going to hear people begin to applaud. Why? It's just because it's encouraging you. And you don't have to hear the silence of your steps on the carpet. So if that's you today, can I encourage you to come down? Can I encourage you to meet Jesus? Can I encourage you to make him number one of your life? Can I encourage you just to embrace peace and victory again? What's up, man? How are you? Come on right now. Just come with confidence. Come on. We're here for you. This is about you. This is about you. Come on right now. Just put your hands together for these that are coming down. And we love you, bro. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hey, how's it going? Hey, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. How you doing, girl? So good to see you. Thanks for coming down. Anybody else? It's not too late. You're all, you're all I want. Somebody lift your voice and say, 
Anybody else? You're all, all I want. Now somebody say, help me, Lord. So that last line is exactly what I'm going to use. We could just have a, one of our ministers come and pray with our brother right here. Yeah, we just want to make sure they're covered with our sister here. Help me know you are near. That's what this is about. Just someone that can say, we're here. There's help for you today. And I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that God is just going to cover you. And I want you to pray this prayer with me, both of you. And I want you to, in the crowd, I want you to pray it out loud with me, just as an encouragement and a confidence booster for them. I want you to say this. Say, Dear Jesus, I need you. Help me. I need peace. I need victory. I need salvation. I pray that you forgive me, God, for all my sins. Help me turn my life around to walk this walk for real. I am now a new creation in you, in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give a shout of victory in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah. Come on and magnify the Lord, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you guys to, to my right, your left. You, you'll see some of our ministers over here. And I want to just encourage you. You can make your way over there. We're just there to, to help you after you leave here because we don't want you to leave here and not have any contact for uh, to us and us to contact you. So, so we appreciate you so much just being obedient. How many people believe that God is still in the saving business? Yeah. Yeah. I want you, as you're on your feet, it's appropriate that we stand for this. I want you to grab your communion cup, everybody. I, I want to, to read a scripture. Because we, we know what this week means. We, we know that that Jesus in a couple of days from this Palm Sunday is going to be in a borrowed house with his disciples. And he's going to take them through this last supper as it's known. But it's not just a meal. It's something that we as believers, that we still practice and we still uh, apply to our life because it, it allows us to take all of the noise of life it's like Jesus was taking this moment and says, listen, I know we had the parade the other day. I know they were waving their branches, but don't, don't get it twisted. The ones that were waving their branches are also going to be saying crucify him. And he says, I know we've seen all of these miracles. We've been in the crowds. They followed us. We've seen, we've seen all of these things happen. But whew, I need you to be present right here, right now, because this is what the significance is of what I'm about to do means. I'm sure that they were shocked, they were a bit confused, but we, we, we allow that moment to pull it into our moment, into our day, to shoo, 
to shut the noise off of our life for a moment, to realize exactly what it means when we partake of the Lord's Supper. In fact, the Apostle Paul, I'm going to read his account to it. He, he accounts, he recounts this in 1 Corinthians, and I believe they have it, and we'll read it together in the 11th chapter. It says, The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want you to take the bread out first, and I want you just to hold it in place. This bread speaks of Christ's body in which he lived a perfect human life. The body of Jesus speaks of his perfect life that was given for us. And he laid down that life of perfect obedience so that we who are so far from the righteousness of God may find him in what we do not have for ourselves. Righteousness is not achieved without this broken body. So we take this, and when we come to what we're coming to the Lord's table, there's times that we feel unworthy of this. But God reminds us that our salvation does not rest on us, but it rests on the work of the Holy Spirit in us. So I want you to take this, and I want to pray over this, this broken body, this wafer that represents the broken body, that we will, on Friday, our minds will be on Good Friday, and we will think through as you should, as I will, think through the price that was paid. This is what this represents. So we pray. Father, thank you so much for your broken body. We can have righteousness in our life, not on our own, not anything we can obtain by ourselves. But we understand it's the sacrifice that you took by the brokenness of your body that we can walk in this eternal, eternal life that we can walk with peace and victory, that we can wave the palm branches of our life. And Father, we thank you, Father, and we take this and we do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the wafer. And then I read, in the same way, he also took the cup, saying, this is the cup this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This wine speaks about the blood that Jesus poured out. This juice, this grape juice. Because blood in the veins, it speaks of life. But blood separated from the body only results in death. And the bread speaks of the Lord's obedience. And the wine speaks of his sacrifice. If there wasn't for the blood of Jesus, the cross, the work at the cross couldn't have been completed. It was the sacrifice that allows us to be here today. It's a sacrifice that allows us to say, I 
am a believer in Jesus. If it wasn't for the blood, he chose to bear our sin on the cross and sacrifice his blood for the remission of our sins today. That's what the blood represents. And I love to, every time I do this, I have to at least quote the lyrics of the old psalm that says, what can wash away my sins? I can't be a good guy that washes my sins away. I can't do good things in the community to wash my sins away. I can't come to church. I can't even give in the offering to wash my sins away. What can wash away my sins? Nothing. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Jesus. So we hold this juice as a representation of the spilled blood of Jesus and we pray over it. Father, we're not worthy. God, we're not worthy. But you make us worthy. Jesus, because of what you did on the cross, I can stand here. Wow. I can stand here worthy to be able to participate and remember this and the recognition of what you've done in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you could have stopped this when it got to the blood part, but you allowed your blood to pour all the way down the cross for me. And I want to say thank you. Before I even take a sip of this as a representation of your blood, I just want to say thank you that you did it for me. And God, I know that you will never have to send your son again, but I know that if you had to send your son again, you would do it once again for me. Thank you for loving me like that. And I thank you for your blood today. And we pray over it, and we do it to remember the sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and partake of that. What can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus and what can make me thank you so much for joining us I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you. 